Stalker X, okay? <laughs> Has nobody seen Terminator? <laughs> they follow you to the ends of the fucking earth, man. <laughs> I'll be back <laughs> to ask you why you did not call me. <laughs> I'm fucking with that, man. He's like, oh, no, no, you understand, it's a sex robot. I'm like, look, man, any robot is a sex robot. If you try hard enough. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know what your Roomba looks like, but <laughs> drink a little Hennessy, be like, oh shit. <laughs> I'ma just put some crumbs. <laughs> you know like why are you paying extra? Just just get a regular robot and fuck it. That's yeah. Kevin Morrow does not endorse fucking robots. <laughs> My publicist made me say that. You know, and it's, it's, he's like, dog, for real though, it's dope though. It's two thousand dollars, twenty five hundred for the black one. I'm like, look, look, I don't, I don't have two thousand dollars. <laughs> I can't afford a sex robot. How about I'll be like, hey, yo, uh, y'all got a, a, a sex washcloth, <laughs> a sex gym sock. That's that's my budget right there. <laughs> sex gym sock. You gotta. <laughs> Have to do in the back, like, oh, what's this website? <laughs> what's a website for a sex robot? No, nah, man, I, I miss, I miss the Bay, man. I went to uh, when I when I came uh, from the Caribbean, I'm from the Caribbean, Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, you don't know where it is. It's okay, you know. No, you don't. It's like, you know, Americans are. I know where I know what Trinidad is. Go to Africa, make a left. <laughs> By the way, there were no, there were no. Trinidadians in the Winter Olympics, none, no. We live on the equator, okay? Like why would we? But I'll tell you what though, with this global warming shit, in 2082, motherfucker? 2082, Trinidad is gonna kill the Winter Olympics, son. Shit, we are gonna run on gravel like a motherfucker. All the Swedes are like, why is it so hot? Why? That's a German accent, pretend to be a Swedish accent. <laughs> I don't give a fuck, there's no Norwegians here, so. Are there? Are there any? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah, nanny, she don't count. No, no. But I hate that, man. Like, that's the only time, like, when I was in Oakland, like, people were like, where are you from, Trinidad? Is that in Africa? I'm like, no, it's, it's a Caribbean country. So it's a Caribbean country in Africa? Like, okay, fine, fuck it, it's in Africa, I give up. What do you want? Uh, you know, like, during the Olympics, that's the only time y'all care about us, man. Like, y'all watch, you know, somewhere between Taiwan and Tunisia is my little country, there's three people, right? One guy's there, he's like holding the flag. <laughs> the other guy's my Uncle Roy. <laughs> like, nigga, you 55 years old, why are you still in the Olympics? <laughs> You know what I mean? And Americans, man, y'all, y'all are bullies, man. Y'all, y'all fuck with third world. Y'all play third world countries. Why are you playing? Like I saw the USA basketball team play Angola. Angola. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like, oh, okay, we got, uh, we got LeBron James. Yeah, we got Steph Curry. We got uh, Tyson Chandler. We got Kevin Durant. <laughs> How do you think the Angolan basketball team picked their team? Like they're just in there, like, okay. The first 15 men with shoes? 
come to the UN hospital? We will drive from Angola. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after the game, they're shaking hands and shit. Like, oh, good game, brother. Good game. Good game, brother. 155 to 3. Good game, brother. Good game. Are you still eating that? It's fucked up, man. It, but I'm like, how you go? I feel like this. Like, if you're in the third world, you should get you should get a gold medal. Fine. If you're from the third world, if you win, you should get a U.S. passport. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's useful to a third world person, man. How you gonna give an African a gold medal? Gold comes from Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like white people stole gold from Africa. How you gonna give an African some shit you stole from him? <laughs> As a prize, like, <laughs> here you go, Matumbo, gold medal. Well, thank you for returning it. Where is the rest? Wakanda. <laughs> I'll be saying that shit forever, man. I'll be, I'll be going up to Comedy Central, like the producer's room, like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> it's like, oh, you're, you're, they're taking it seriously. <laughs> that should be killing me. All right, I got to get out of here, man. Um, uh, what, what, what should I leave you on? Um, here's a black fact. Did you know that a young black male is 10 times more likely to be in a statistic It's true, they keep measuring. Nobody knows what white people do, right? Nobody checks. <laughs> but every year it's like CNN presents a special report, the state of black America. Are their dicks getting bigger? <laughs> Don Lemon investigates. <laughs> All right, I gotta go, guys. I'm Kevin Monroe. You gotta have Cooper, who's the gay guy, the Cooper guy? He's gotta investigate, who's the Cooper guy? Cooper Anderson, right? He's got to investigate. He's, he wants to get deep. Uh, that, you guys, that was a Locals Only show. That was so exciting. You're all here. Yay! Uh, so what's going to happen is we, everyone will clap one more time for the amazing comedians that you just saw. Marty, Allison Hooker, Clay Newman, and Kevin Monroe. These guys just walked in. You guys are welcome to stay for the next show. It's going to start super soon. It's, um, and Kevin Monroe, I'm going to ask you if you can be on it because we have an open space and you are a POC. Yeah. Oh, it's a, no, no, not under arrest. We just want you to keep telling jokes. Uh, but our next show coming up in like, now it's like five minutes. We'll let everybody outside and you come all back in and it's going to be amazing. Uh, and thank you so much for being here at the first show, Locals Only. And clap wildly. Yay. Yay. Uh, but stick around for the next show, uh, which is going to come, uh, come up in a few minutes. And it's uh, the politics are funny slash I'm not white. <laughs> so stick around. Yay, Muni Radio.
Hey, everybody. Uh, we're going to get started with a podcast. Everybody clap your hands. Woo! Yay! All right, cool. Um, hi, I'm Amanda G. Amanda Golub. Um, I host a podcast called Near and Queer to My Heart. Um, it started in, in New Orleans. Um, I host a, a queer storytelling show there called Greetings from Queer Mountain. Um, we actually have shows in Austin and New York as well, and we're actually going to be having one in San Francisco soon, I think. So y'all be looking for that. But out of that, it's a, it's a queer storytelling show, and it's a really like amazing space for queer people to come and share their lives. And we thought, like, hey, these these shows are so magical, and we capture this beautiful moment, but then it ends, and we're like, what do we do? <laughs> Fuck. So uh, so we decided to you know start this podcast, Near and Queer to My Heart, where we get to know the storytellers and then also other queer performers, because you, we have so much more um, than you know just our, our stand-up or the story or the, the five to ten minutes we get on stage. So um, I was so honored when uh, Pam chose me to be part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. I'm super excited. Like I said, I live in New Orleans, so made it out here for that. Um, and then I, uh, through that, met Jenna Vesper, who's with us. Hey, Jenna. How's it going? And uh, she's here for the festival, too. So I thought, hey, this is a really good chance for me to get to know her a little bit more, for y'all to get to know her a little bit more. Um, I did see her stand up a couple nights ago, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it was. It was great. It was great. I got a lot to say about it. But, uh, you know, first, we'll get to know you a little bit better before we start, you know, with my diatribes of things, because um, I am, you know, pretty pretty good at just ranting and raving for a long time. I, I would fit really well in San Francisco. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's good, though. Yeah. Um, so, Jenna, you live in Portland now. I do. I do. I am. I was born and raised in Napa, California, though. So it's kind of nice coming back to San Francisco um, and like having little memories of my childhood, you know, come at me all of a sudden. How long uh, were you in Napa? I was born and raised there. I left when I was. Um, I was on the road moving to Portland on my 18th birthday. Oh wow! Like celebrated my 18th birthday on the road. Was it the kind of place that you were like, I hate it. I just have to get out. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a really. It's like. A smallish town and what have you, but it's it's just very conservative and just nothing really to it unless you're rich or you love wine, and I am neither of those things. Um, so Portland was definitely a nice place to go to because you can be, you know, a little bit more broke, and if you like beer... Perfect place. Then you're in the fucking perfect place for it. <laughs> yeah, y'all like beer a little too much for yes. my taste. I just, I'm like, just give me a beer. And they're mm -hmm. like, what kind? And <laughs> it's, uh, what percentage? And it's microbrewery and what, I don't know, yeast or, I yeah. don't, I don't. I don't know, because I just drink. Same with the wine, too. Like, I've been to, mostly I've been to Napa for bachelorette parties, so that's why I'm like, how do, I'm like, where do the people who live here come from? Because I just feel like it's just a bunch of tourists and, yeah. and drunk, you know, girls weekends and bachelor and bachelorette parties and, um, I guess, weddings and, and things that happen. Yeah. And I was like, who, I wouldn't want to live here. And, like, every, like, during the week, it's probably awesome. And then on the weekends, you're like, oh, my God, if I hear one girl scream one more time, woo, like, I'll lose my shit. But I would imagine that that would actually be the case in New Orleans, too just yeah. walking down the street is a bunch of people partying yeah bourbon crazy. street yeah bourbon street right. like, yeah that's the place where when i have friends visit i'll i walk them down one time and i'm like we're gonna go from the start to the finish and that's it and if you want to go back you turn around and go back and i'm gonna keep going the other way <laughs> but yeah we do have a, a lot of that but we keep it in a contained area yeah, definitely for sure which is which is nice for sure napa is just I mean, it's changed, so I haven't been in, like, eight years, so I'm about to go back after this festival, um, because it's definitely no way I can come down this close and not go see my family. They would hate me forever. Um, but I'm not really looking forward to it. I mean, I've obviously stayed away for eight years, but I, I've heard it's changed and gotten 
its version of like gentrification in a way. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to go there because it was already pretty, um, you know, privileged area, but also didn't have anything of interest though. There's a couple like, of breweries now though. Right. So you it might was just be always interested. like rich people just living a life, but it was never, there really wasn't anything like fun to do or a cool bar to go to or anything. But now apparently they have all that stuff. So it's just going to be kind of probably interesting. And I don't know. But I mean, honestly, if like I can get a good espresso or like a macchiato while I'm there, I'll be very happy because beforehand it's always just, it was just like Starbucks, maybe, you know, yeah. no like coffee culture that I'm used to from Portland. Oh my God. Which yeah. Is showing my privilege as well. I'm sure. <laughs> was what are there things to do in Napa for kids? Like I, like I said, I've, only um, done very very smoke adult drugs at the uh, <laughs> skate park i said smoke drugs yeah <laughs> i was like did you do that <laughs> or did you just hear about the cool kids doing that <laughs> clearly i smoked too many drugs that now i can't <laughs> form words um no i didn't really do a ton of the drugs i smoked pot when i was younger but um that was it but there is a huge meth problem in napa uh, a lot of people don't think that because they think it's just so like affluent and nice, but same. Yeah. My hometown I'm from Santa Clarita okay, outside yeah. of LA. And mm-hmm. I learned that later on that it's apparently a huge meth place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea. I think a lot of people, at least in Napa, they were trying to live outside of their means. Like the people who, who weren't quite like from wealth, um, wanted to live like that. And so there was just a lot of like delusional, like living and trying to be this and it, it affected people, you know, and then I think drugs were just there to kind of ease the pain because so many people, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking from experience, but like pretty much everyone in my family, other than maybe my grandparents, used meth. <laughs> I guess too, you have like the space, like you can create meth. There's like places, oh, to, it's harder, so it's harder bad. to do it in a city city, you yeah. know? I mean, Portland has its issues as well in that sense, but I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more chill up there. People are more apt to just smoke pot and drink. Like you said, yeah. just drink and stay inside and be depressed in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Depression with like a little bit more of a, a realistic look at it versus like, let me just try to act like I'm better than everyone else. I don't know. Yeah. So are, are your parents from there too? Like, are you mm-hmm. like third, fourth generation Napa? Yeah. Yeah. I'd say probably second or third generation. Yeah. Um, my grandparents, I think were the ones that moved there maybe, but I don't know much about them other than after that. Okay. You know. When did your parents like work with wine? I, no. Is that, okay. I was like, what are their jobs? Are yeah. There? Are no. there there? My mother worked for the hospital. My father was a construction worker. So we lived a pretty like just normal middle-class life. Um, lower middle-class, I guess. Uh, Nothing, you know, too fancy, but it was, I knew that like, if I wanted to live on my own or go to college or do anything like that, I would have to leave because we didn't have the means to do any of that and to like live to, you know, live with my partner at the time would have, um, been impossible. So we moved to Portland because there was family nearby on his side and, um, and I don't know, we just kind of went there and it was, I was able to like go to a trade school and start a career for a while until that all blew up. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> okay. So you get to Portland, you're 18, you're mm-hmm. with a partner. 
Um, how my high long? school sweetheart at okay. the time. Yeah. How long were y'all together? Uh, seven and a half long years. Oh wow! Yeah. Like from when you were kids, or mm-hmm. like sixteen, I started dating. Yeah, and then seven and a half years after that. That's a, that's a little longer than any relationship I've had. Oh, I'm 34 yeah, now, oh so that's gosh. pretty impressive. <laughs> Thanks. It was it was not the best relationship, but it was. Um, I learned a lot, you know. Got you out of Napa. myself. Yeah, I got me. We yeah, we moved up there. We had this, a lot of the same goals and everything. He was just kind of a, a emotional abuser and mm-hmm. um, kind of a shithead. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. No, it's fine. I'm trying to think like the funny parts. I've been trying. Okay, so like you don't have to think of the fun. No, Everyone comes on here and they're like, funny. "I'm trying to be so funny," and I'm like, "It's it's not it's not it might be funny mm-hmm. and we might you know it might be sad. Like we can have all kinds of you know whatever <laughs> conversations we want to have. There's no uh, parameters. True. I just it's interesting because I do eventually I want to try to talk about um because we got married at one point i do want to try to talk about my like marriage and divorce on stage in some way one day but i've yet to like figure out a way to make it funny other than that when i tell people i've been married sometimes they are like very shocked by that because i mean the viewers can't the listeners can't see me right now i'm just very like kind of eccentric I, i'm 32 but i look i feel like i look like i'm trying to be 21 <laughs> i think and i and i kind of just like live a very like yolo-esque type life where like I, I live in a living room right now i'm just like no car no aspirations no career and uh people are just like whoa you were married and you like had a real job and a house and a whole thing and i was like yeah but it was i was really unhappy how, how old <laughs> were you when you got married 24 I think, yeah. Yeah, see, because I, I think about, like, who I was with when I was 24. I'm like, man, if I'd gotten married, I I would, we would, I mean, we broke up anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we gotten married, we probably would have tried to stay together longer because oh, yeah. we were married. Oh, yeah. um, and that I also, pressure. you know, I think, too, like, my parents' generation, like, they were married. My mom was 23 when they got married. And my dad was 25. And my dad's like, we were the oldest ones of our friends that weren't married. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want to get married. He was like, I just, we're living together. It's great. Yeah. Let's just fucking stay Let's just live together and hang out like we do. We don't need marriage. And then every one of their friends was married. The parents were, you know, back then, I think there's a lot more pressure. So they ended up getting married. um, And he's like, I was 25 and the oldest one of my friends. And I'm like, that's insane. I'm 34 and I have tons of friends that aren't married. And it's a very common thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't feel bad about it. I live with my girlfriend now. We've been together almost two years and nobody's putting pressure on me to, you know, if, if we do decide to get married in the future, it'll be a, you know, decision that we make, but I can't, you know, imagine, you know, having, if I had been married in my twenties, I think that's such a different experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really was for sure. And there was pressure from my family to do it. And it was definitely a mistake. I had like a total breakdown, like a week before the wedding. I remember like, and crying and figuring and thinking like, Oh, I don't want to do this. But like the invitations were already sent. People were coming, you know, it was like a whole thing. So I don't know. One day I'll think about, I'm actually, I mean, I've processed it. I've moved on. It's been about seven years, six years. I'm bad at math. (laughs) So like, I'm not even like really traumatized by it, but it's just like, I want to try to find somehow to make it funny, but it hasn't come to me. It'll, it'll come. There's a lot of experiences that I have that I try to take them back, Mm -hmm. you know, through comedy Mm -hmm. and through the funny. And sometimes you try and it just like, it doesn't work out. Um, but I have a joke that I'll tell later tonight and it's actually, um, about a really bad experience I had at a gynecologist. It was right after I came out of the closet and I went to the gyno 
And I was so excited, you know, to be like, oh, you know, this is a chance where I can come out to somebody and, and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not on birth control because I'm gay. I don't need birth control. And then this lady was like super Christian and was trying wow. to get me to like date her son and like laid into me about how wrong I am. And I'm, you know, in the fucking paper gown yeah, on the stirrups. Like it's the weirdest place to be. And I just start crying. And oh. I'm like 23 at the time, but I was still on my mom's health insurance. Yeah. So she was in the weight room. So I come out of, of the gyno and I'm crying. And my mom's like, what did they do to you in there? You know? Just emotionally abuse me. Yeah. And then she laid into them and, you know, it's a whole, so I, I I now have a whole joke about it, but it took a while. It took years for me to like get that out, but it was something that still, I mean, I happened when I was 23 and I still think about it every once in a while and get Mm -hmm. really angry and pissed off that that was an experience that I had. Yeah. That's real. But you'll you'll get there and I'm looking forward to (laughs) one day hearing me talk about my my shitty (laughs) ex-husband. Oh man. Yeah. Can I ask, um. Oh, sorry. I don't know what I did with this mic because I don't know how technology works, which is why I'm glad I'm here in this studio. Um, I can't hear through the the headphones. That's okay, though, right? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, good. It's good. Um, I was going to ask, and if you don't have an answer for this, it's fine because I'm not trying to put any boxes on it. But Mm -hmm. um, I like to ask you you how you identify. Yeah. I, um, for the longest time, have, since I was like probably 14, have identified as bi. But I would say in the last year, year and a half, come to like... Um, identifying more as like pansexual in the sense that as as I've just grown as a person, I've like learned and become more woke, uh, as the kids say, um, to like gender not being a binary and um, me realizing, you know, all of just like being attracted to people more, you know, yeah. that now I'm like, I want to start identifying more as pansexual. I've felt nervous to do that in some ways because I don't want to like, I've, I don't know, as a bi person, I've had, uh, issues with not feeling welcome in certain aspects of the community for better or for worse and I don't always like I don't want to like come in and be like I need all of the respect and everyone just listen to what I have to say because I don't want to do that because I have experienced the privilege of being uh perceived as straight my entire life you know yeah no Which is, um like, annoying <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. One of the comics in New Orleans, she's bisexual, and mm-hmm. she has and she has a joke about how like now that Trump's president and things are kind of crazy, like um, that in the future, the like it's it's kind of a messed up joke about gays being in concentration camps oh, almost, yeah. and it's like oh the you know gay men will do the hair for everybody, and the lesbians will build the things, and the bisexuals will just be happy that they're there. It's, <laughs> You know, the crux of the joke, but I feel like with what you just said, you might identify with with that joke. Yes, exactly. I'm just happy to be accepted by somebody. Um, yeah, because I don't know. I've had issues. I mean, because my, my shitty ex-husband, like, he he was – he found my bisexuality to be, like, a turn-on, but something that he could use and something that was, like, his in a way. And, like, we had three summons together when we were together but with with other females but it was all like by his design and his choice and I never got to like have any you know um say in it really and they were not great experiences and so for a long time I would still always identify as bi but that I would just like be um I have a ton of internalized misogyny because of it and well society and what have you but would just think that like oh I was only sexually attracted to women and not romantically attracted to them because dramatic or whatever and plus also he just kind of made me feel shitty about it and the experiences we had with other women were not focused on my pleasure yeah and maybe not even theirs i mean because he was kind of shitty that way but um so then i was always just like i don't know if i even am like the right kind of buy because i just couldn't really explore it 
Yeah, well, society wants to put you in a box, and it sounds like your ex-husband wanted to put you in a different box or yeah. a box within that box, and then that doesn't allow you the mental space or you know capacity to really explore that on your own terms. Yeah, so. and it's just like so much easier to live the you know more straight identified life and to just like pick up dudes and date dudes and be around dudes, you know. So it was, I just continued that even after I left him, I just kind of continued down that path for a while until I started like. Yeah, just exploring it more and opening up and meeting some really awesome queer people that, like, would question me on, like, the internalized misogyny and the issues that I was having, um, probably even internalized homophobia, and be like, wait, do you really think that way? And it's like, oh, no, I don't actually. Yeah. And I break it down, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, I mean, I think we overthink that I think a lot of queer people overthink a lot of things and I, I do and I like to talk about it too because mm -hmm. we've had there's been so much in my life where I haven't been able to talk about it that now that I'm finally able to talk about you know being queer and what that means and what that means for my partners and what mm -hmm. their experiences are in mine it's you know it, it's pretty pretty amazing yeah you, you said at 14 you identified as bisexual were you coming out to people yeah I came out to my mother um and that's pretty much it I came out to my first ever like female kiss partner weird way to say it um a uh, girl at school that I was friends with and um yeah and had my first kiss with her and then like never that's never you know that's probably as far as I went because I was also I mean I was just young and not really that sexual yet um but I just knew that I was always attracted to women so I came out to my mother she was supportive um, I told her while she was driving though, and she almost drove off the road because she was like kind of surprised by it. <laughs> that was a fun moment. I, I definitely that's remember. That's dangerous in Napa. But... <laughs> yeah, she was she was actually probably high at the time because she was a drug addict. But um, so she was supportive of it though. And then like, and then I then I met my high school sweetheart when I was sixteen, and then he just always knew about it. Um, so you're always like, open with him from the yeah. Gym. And then I was always open about with every um male partner that I was with um, for any length of time. And I had some better experiences, you know, afterwards with, like, boyfriends that were more like, oh, that's awesome, this is a part of you, and uh, if you want to explore that with, uh, you know, me, like, yeah. let's do it in the future, but never, never, you know, not too many experiences with that. And then... Was there any, like, jealousy issues? Kind of, like, mm -hmm. um, like, my current girlfriend now um, has dated men in the past, and I definitely... Uh, there's some different energy that happens, mm -hmm. and so there's definitely been a lot of discussions about you know what what that what that means. So yeah, I think he was jealous of that, jealous of it, that. Yeah, I would want to be with somebody else and not him. I mean, but I think that boils down to like his own insecurities because he also never wanted us to have like a male male threesome. You know, either it was all just his own insecurities for sure about that. Um, because yeah, I think some of it's insecurities and I think some of it's like society just telling yeah. us like that there are these different because part because in my mind I'm like it doesn't matter first of all it doesn't matter who anybody dates beforehand because that's you know all that equals the person that you're dating now um, and you know that they make up that beautiful wonderful person that you're dating now um, and sometimes the bad experiences actually make them a better person or you know whatever it is but then I think with all the stuff we've been taught especially like yeah it kind of blew my mind when you know, we're finally we're talking about non-binary yeah because oh, I definitely. you know didn't think of growing up you don't think about it because no. you're just taught this is how it is I mean, even for me to come out to myself, like, I was always taught it was, like, men and women are together, and mm -hmm. I didn't have any real-life 
role models or examples and very rarely you saw it on TV growing up. And so, like, things are way different now. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think it, things are a lot more common. Which is, I mean, it's so, it's, yeah, it's changing so much. So, it, as far as, like, public, um, yeah, knowledge and everything. Obviously, uh, people who've been living as non-binary or um, trans or, you know, however they want to identify for forever for a long time we just haven't talked about it much you know very openly um so I remember even when I started to become more open to dating women even romantically two years ago I still was not even really like that have to like what uh somebody would you know somebody that would identify um as non-binary and all the different spectrums of it so I was like even then I was still just like oh I'm just, I'm still just a bisexual, and I still just date women and men, and, um, and then the whole, like, do, am I attracted to women who are more, like, feminine, or, or, you know, masculine, identifying, and all, everything in between, that was still such a huge struggle for me, and it didn't go well. I had some, some friends, some queer friends that didn't like my coming out process again, because at that point, I was, like, age 30, kind of coming out again. Because I had always just identified somebody who was just, like, sexually attracted to women, but didn't think anything as far as romantically with them. And then I basically came out again in a way of, like, no, I'm actually interested in, like, like living a life that's, I guess, what you would identify as queer. And that was, like, a whole new thing. And even though I didn't really have to come out to, like, you know, family or anything about it and have experienced any um, major pushback, it was still scary because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And I still felt like I was going to fuck it up. And I did fuck it up, I think. You know, I fucked it up with some friends by not using the right terminology, not saying the right kind of stuff, uh, asking the wrong questions that maybe I could have just Googled, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> that kind of shit. No, it's good you're trying to have open conversations. And I was. And I, and I felt safe in the time that I was doing it. And then it kind of bit me in the ass later. But also, ultimately, even... I'm still thankful for those experiences and, and from the, the learning that I learned from it, you know, having to like go home and like kind of like clean my wounds and be like, okay, you're right. <laughs> I didn't go about that correctly. Um, and that doesn't feel good. But like I needed to go through it somehow, you know? Yeah. And it was like another coming out process. So I'm not going to make, it's not going to be 100% perfect. I'm going to make some mistakes, you know, in the process. And probably hurt people in the process, which is the shitty part. But, you know, it's ever changing. I feel like it's, a, you know, evolution. Yeah. If you have any intent, you know, even if asking questions, if that might uh, bother mm -hmm. people, like if you have good intentions, I think I mean, that's I'd like to think, but important too. But I think that's even like another thing where I still like I'm a little nervous, like coming out and starting to be like, oh, I'm pansexual, I'm whatever, because I feel like I don't know enough about gender politics and everything to be like, um, to have like a full super educated dialogue with somebody and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings that really makes me feel um nervous but to you do can't, that you can't lose yourself in the process you I know? know yeah that's why that's why when I asked you I'm like I'm gonna ask you how you identify and if you don't have an answer that's okay I'm not yeah. trying to you know pinhole because I've gotten into that um like I personally identify as lesbian that's the mm -hmm. identity I use I don't use dyke I don't use queer for mm -hmm. myself and that's just how I feel comfortable it's how I've always felt comfortable um but I've gotten in trouble too like one of my friends I'm like yeah lesbians like us huh <laughs> and like you know ri like river a little mm -hmm. bit and she was like I don't identify that way and yeah. then I felt like such a shitbag yeah. but I didn't I had good intentions and you know 
and she was to realize later her response she was like i'm sorry i was like, kind of harsh with you but she's like i'm very tired of that and I'm like no i understand oh yeah 100%. like i didn't take it personal i just felt bad that i made you know but then now in the future i try not to make mm-hmm. those assumptions so i've learned <laughs> from some experiences i've learned some i continue to make the same mistakes again um but yeah i get that too like i dated my first i came out 23 dated my first girlfriend 23 to 27 mm-hmm. we broke wow. up um she thought i'd come to new orleans actually because we were dating and then after that she was like so you're leaving right and i was like no i kind of like it here and i honestly can't afford to to move or do anything else um and so i'm 27 and i'm single for the first time and i didn't know i'd never really asked anybody out Mm. i'd only been with one woman like i didn't have any clue what i was doing um and i learned by trial and error a whole bunch you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh yeah i can't imagine to have that be like, yeah, your only experience was just kind of this one, I don't know, like this one ride, I guess, if you're looking at yeah. like an amusement park and it's just like this one thing that you did it over and over again with like different, you know, fun things, I'm sure. Yeah. Three years-ish, you know, but then to kind of like get off that ride and be like, wait. What, <laughs> what, what now? Yeah, it was, you know, she was a former Jehovah's Witness, so she had her own issues oh, yeah. with like, she wasn't out and that was, a, that was and what ended up really like killing everything because I couldn't. Um, I was out, and it really put me back in the closet. Mm. And I felt really, uh, oh my gosh, it, it was really uncomfortable. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Yeah, but funny story. Uh, now, yeah, so that right after her, I dated another girl that I met online because that's what you, <laughs> that's where you go mm-hmm. uh, when you don't know how to like talk to <laughs> women. Um, and anyway, so the second girl I dated and the my first girlfriend are now together. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I'm trying to write a joke about it, other than just saying that, other than just saying this is a thing that happened. Um, <laughs> that I have to see on Facebook occasionally. <laughs> it fits all the stereotypes. <laughs> it really does. But, like, oh, I mean, that's the thing, right? I don't know. I, I, Dan, I listen to Dan Savage a lot, and he talks about that when, like, uh, straight callers will call in, and they'll be like, I just can't believe somebody, my friend would date somebody else that I once dated or whatever. And then he usually is like, yeah, that doesn't really happen in the gay community because you... You would run out of people <laughs> to fuck if you cared about who fucked who and when and how, you know? And, like, yeah. <laughs> if you, like, made the same rules that straights usually make of, like, oh, you know, bros for foes or whatever, you never do that. It's like, then you would run out of people. <laughs> and, like, yeah. that's not possible. <laughs> so, can, yeah. Can still, uh, can still happen. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I feel like Portland is a pretty... Um, like oddly small town, oddly small queer community too. Oh really? I thought yeah. there'd be a bigger. Queer it's community. big. I mean, I guess it's huge, but like it's still that town is just so weird. Like you just see everybody. You can't escape anything. I feel like I went there once in oh god, I want to say 2004. Mm-hmm. So it's been wow. some time. I spent. A, I had a friend that lived there. I spent a weekend there, and I'm gonna be honest, I didn't like it. Yeah, that's before it changed majorly okay. again maybe i'll have to give it another chance because i met at this festival i met a lot of cool portland folks but uh-huh. i went there and it seemed like everything closed super early everybody was uh, i don't know i just didn't get a good vibe from people yeah. like everyone was in a hurry everyone you know i kind of 
the dudes were taking the flannel from the women, which I didn't, oh my, you know. Yeah, that's I still like the my, same. <laughs> like my lesbian flannel. Yeah. Um, Cheers to that. I'm not a woods person, so that kind of threw me off, too. But yeah. I'd be at a bar, and there'd be, like, three things on the menu, and then they'd close. You know, I'm like, you're open till 2, and mm-hmm. it's, like, 1.30, and they're like, get out. And I'm like, I don't like no, this. that's still the same. That's so <laughs> funny. You're right. Like, that's still definitely the same. We, like, the town, like, drinks hard. We drink hard, but we drink hard early because we're all just, like, <laughs> functioning alcoholics. I think we all just really, like, okay. I'm going to get this fucking shit done by 10 because I do have to work in the morning. I am blacked out, but it's done early. <laughs> see, in New Orleans, we start early and we keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. You ever see yourself anywhere else? I do. I, um, I've been thinking about Pittsburgh because I hear a lot of nice things about it. Um, or going big and going to like New York or Chicago because I'm also um, a nanny and that's what I do during the day and um, and I love doing it but part of me is like oh maybe I could like go and work for like a really rich family <laughs> you know one of those bigger cities and then have my room and board taken care of and all that stuff it just would suck because it would hinder eventually dating because you wouldn't be able to ever bring anybody to your place yeah. of living but that means they have to have a place. Exactly, which is kind of nice, and that's not always a guarantee in Portland <laughs> um, that you're going to go fuck somebody at a place they have. But I, uh, but also my dating has always been just so fucking all over the place. I haven't had like a serious relationship in almost four years. So Have you been looking, or is it just the yeah, way? Yeah, no, okay. I have been. And I've had like some nice, wonderful connections and moments with people that have lasted like three or four months. But... They usually just it was just gonna end somehow i don't really know uh, i was like does it just get really weird at some yeah, point no, this like the last girl is it like seinfeld's where it's like one thing and you're like i can't do this I don't anymore no yeah I, the last girlfriend i was i would consider a girlfriend it still only lasted three months it was really wonderful um ultimately i knew it probably wouldn't last forever because she was very strictly monogamous and i don't believe in that I don't know exactly what I believe in, but I don't want to be in a strictly monogamous relationship for the rest of my life. So I was like, it probably won't work out forever. But I was still interested in dating her because she was wonderful. And she treated me nicely. But she kept saying that she wasn't good in relationships. And I was like, well, what does that mean? I'm telling you that you are because I like dating you. So, like, can you just listen to what I'm saying? She's like, okay, okay. But then she was really nervous about... Uh, well, I get, long long story short, we I was like, let's go get like a dildo though, you know, to add to the bedroom. And she's like, I've never been to one of those stores before. What? She was from like, the Midwest, and she was real. Oh, I was like, did she come right out of the church? Yeah, like- but, I mean, kind of. And she was thirty two, I think, and had been out her whole life or most of her life, but was still just like very kind of straight and narrow about it. And because uh, that's not even like that wild. Like, no, that's not you know. No, exactly. <laughs> that seems to me like a very normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't have blinked an eye at that. So that's... She had had ones and used ones before, but, like, it wasn't by her doing, you know? Like, she didn't go out and purchase them herself, really. But that's so part like, of the thing. Let's you know? go together. Yeah. So I took her to, like, a really great sex shop um, in town, and we, like, picked one out. She picked out the color she wanted, and, and I helped pick out the size, because... I have a very tight vagina. There's jokes about it if you want to hear me online. Mm-hmm. And uh, we bought it, and we didn't get a chance to use it that night because we had dinner plans with her two gay uncles and her mother. It was really nice. I was like, hey, let's go. Wow, let's you do met the that. family. We already met the family, yeah. and they were really wonderful. And then, so we didn't get a chance to use the dildo. No big deal. Right. And then I was going to see her that Wednesday, and I was really excited. And then she came over and broke up with me. <laughs> Wait, those dildos are not cheap. It was like $90. It, shit. 
and she get like the glass one Jesus. she bought it no oh. it was like a nice just a nice silicone one like 90 dollars oh portland is expensive <laughs> oh boy niche niche dildo now you're not community. selling me on portland no yeah it's really intense if, if you were like all those things you said are true but there's cheap sex toys i'd be like i'll consider it no not really and uh i was like pretty bummed about it and she broke up just because she um she thought things were getting too serious i think that the purchase of the dildo made it too serious for her not the meeting of the mom and the no, gay exactly. uncles that was not serious yeah and uh then <laughs> she's got some shit to figure she, out that's what she said so i was like valid you do you definitely have things to work on it i don't really want to be here for this so i guess bye but then like i definitely texted her the next day i was like yo but can i actually get that dildo though because um you bought it for me right yeah like because that's what she was saying yeah. she did buy it like for me and i was like so can i get that because like it's kind of like if you like a, if you proposed to me and gave me a ring and then the engagement broke like we broke the engagement i would get to keep that ring yeah that's usually the standard and she just never replied to that <laughs> text <laughs> like do you have any jokes about this because I, I think okay i said it once and i was like i was like this is good i was like i somehow i said something about how it, it was like one of those nice dildos one of those ones you put in the foyer <laughs> and uh yeah i felt like it was you know really unfortunate that she didn't give it to me because i feel like it's uh possession is nine inches of the law <laughs> that was the one joke i had from it i like it but um i was bummed about that dildo never never got to see it again you're i wonder like, if I she ever remember. used it you're like i don't remember her name but that dildo is beautiful do you believe in the whole like um relationship juju staying on the dildos yeah absolutely clean slate i don't but clean slate. i believe yeah. i i support you and your yeah because honestly if somebody if i come to somebody's house and um you know i have a joke about that where it's like my ex wanted all the sex toys and i was like great i was just gonna throw them away because oh, yes, like i don't i'm not gonna offer this to somebody else mm-hmm. you know i don't want to like because you know you know where it's been and and that's but if they're like top quality silicone that you can wash and like really sanitize like look my, they're safe to use yeah most of my breakups i just want out Valid. like yeah. if i'm the one that's breaking up i want out and i give up everything mm-hmm. um my first breakup my girlfriend that i had for um 23 to 27 all i wanted was the cat <laughs> i was like you can have all the furniture i just want this cat and i got Did the cat okay, yeah good. yeah i got him um and yeah, so I lost everything, and so the sex toys were included in all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, like a year later, she was like, "Come by and get this box," and then I got some of my DVDs and stuff that she decided she didn't want, you know, <laughs> after that time. But otherwise, uh, the table, chairs, everything that didn't matter. I just, you know, that like I'm not. That. To me, it's not worth fighting over. No, for sure. You know, even yeah. if it was, ex- and none of it was expensive because we're young and broke. But right. even if it was, it's not. It's not worth it unless it's like a family heirloom or something that's irre- like the cat that's. But I'm just saying, though, if you had spent, like, $150 on a total, like, harness dildo set that fits your body well, you feel really good with it. I'm assuming a lot about your sex. Sorry. I don't, <laughs> don't need to be. Yeah, I'm just my saying, girlfriend's not listening. If you were that type of person who, who really felt like, you know, then, like, then you're not going to – I would find it hard pressed to, like, throw all of that away and get a new $150 set – for the next time you're in a serious relationship and you want to yeah. use it because because it has been in somebody else you don't get to throw away a dick like a real dick no. after it's been in somebody <laughs> you just hopefully wash it put a condom on it but like you can't just like throw that it's like the idea that like this relationship juju just sticks on dicks forever or dildos is like funny to I me don't know. i'm kind of because i'm kind of old school it's like okay the thing with the, the harness though i'm like some harnesses like 
that is hard to find. It's hard to find like a with the uh, dildo. You could replace That's that true. shit. Yours is interesting because you never used it, so mm-hmm. that is an unused purchase, and you can't really return it. Like I even know. if it's unused, you can't return exactly. it. So that one I probably would have pushed a little, little harder than than one text for. Yeah. Um, but I'm 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 old school. Like I kind of believe like everyone you're with, like uh, especially in a relationship or in love with, like you give them a little piece of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really do believe, and a lot of people are like, "What's wrong with you?" Like it's just you know is 2018 and people hook up and it doesn't have to mean anything i'm like yeah but still it's you know oh yeah no it definitely means something i feel yeah that's oh i don't even want to get into that conversation (laughs) we don't have to go there you just talk about dildos for the rest of the time my friend uh (laughs) my my older lesbian friend who is in a long-term relationship she um they broke up last year she was moving out of town because she she very much was like I need to get rid of everything that reminds me of this person, including the city I live in, um, <laughs> and move somewhere else. But she had they had bought a, a dildo and it was too big, and so they had only used it once and then just threw it in like a, a drawer and it had been there for like years. And then when she moved, she was like Jenna, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> like I don't know where to recycle it. And I was like I will take it. And it was like a hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> dick. And so I took it and just washed it extra good, and then I used it a bunch. But it was unfortunate because I use it for camming, too, and I uh, – so I basically just, like, suck it, you know, for the show. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of use my teeth a little bit because it's fun when you just, like, have it in your <laughs> mouth. And it's not it's not attached to anybody, so it's, like, whatever. No and then uh, only after using it for, like, two months, I started looking it around, like, the – kind of underneath the head part because this one did look like a dick. It It's, like – cracking all over because i think the silicone like got old by just like sitting in a drawer for years yeah because i didn't use it that much (laughs) and now i'm like annoyed because now i can't use it because it wouldn't be um sterile anymore because of like the crevices that i've created with the cracks yeah i thought you were gonna say something like it looked like a woodchuck had gotten to it yeah so at this point i'm gonna like kind of bend it and like you can like see in it so what do you do with it now now i still use it just to suck on cam and now i bite it even more because i'm like fuck it yeah (laughs) um otherwise you hang it on the wall and it'll make a nice coat hanger yeah or i'll take like nice like nudes with it like use it and take really sexy photos but i've actually gotten a lot of like free free dildos this way from other friends who've like two other ones from my friend uh d martin austin shout out to them, they've given me two of their sex toys that they just didn't like. Um, <laughs> they've given them to me, and they're great. And then I got a free one once from being a stunt cock for a um, how to give BJ class at Portland. That my friend AJ, shout out to her, <laughs> also does in Portland. Have you ever heard of this before? No. Like a how to give a blowjob class. <laughs> What's, is there a secret that... There's just, like, yeah, I don't even... Oh, I don't, oh I'm not sure if this is even interesting <laughs> to any of your audiences. But there's just, well, like... Some, some of the audience would want to know. Yeah. Because um, everyone assumes they're doing it right, because they're like, look, mm-hmm. I'm putting my mouth on it. Like, this should be sufficient. No, there's a lot of things I've seen the grapefruiting it. thing, which, you Oh, know, my gosh, yes. It, that lady's amazing. And like, so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Ouch. Uh, yeah, but people, like... Um, pay a lot of money to go to like a class where there's like 30 other people sitting in the same room uh listening to a, 
a lady talk about <laughs> how to give the best blowjobs. All the like tricks and like anatomy and like how to like not tire your jaw <laughs> and use your eyes and hands and all these different ways. And in order to do that, she needs somebody to wear um, a strap on so she can perform oh, okay. the things that she's talking about to the audience and I've done that twice and it's like the funnest thing I've ever done in my life because I get to kind of showboat and be a little bit like a comic too I kind of like get to joke around and say stuff as she's like sucking my dick and uh and I get to fake having an orgasm at the end it's really nice is that um planned or is it like when you decide that she's done well she tells me yeah she's like okay now this is our final like demonstration of the night okay um and I want you to come and think of different times we practice different ways like asking for consent to like come on her face and asking can I come in your mouth and like because that's also what the class is about it's just like all those different things that unfortunately a lot of people just like don't even think about they're just like I'm supposed to have it I'm supposed to give oral and if I and if I give oral I'm supposed to start from finish do everything the way like porn has told me forever and yeah. you're not you know like yeah you can as the person who's giving it also has a say in what happens and also maybe get some enjoyment out of it versus like oh this is a thing that i'm told i'm supposed to do and he seems to enjoy you know it's you know because so many people want their partners to enjoy it yeah so they just take their own pleasure out of it and that's not and then i mean that was the thing that a lot of you'd see a lot of these couples that come into it where the the male would be like just so like, doesn't want it to be that way. They don't just want to take that pleasure. They actually really want their partner to have fun, but they don't know how to, like, explain that to them. Yeah. So and so it's just a class. whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> so they take this class. Portland's so cute like that. There's just a lot of, like, things like that. So can I ask about camming? Oh, yeah. Is that, uh, when did you get into that? Only, that... like, three months, three or four okay. months ago. I'm pretty new to it. Not making a ton of money doing it, but, um, yet, because I need to get more of a following, but, um. You can follow him. Oh, I'm, can I name drop my cam? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, it's like, this is why we do these things. I was going to ask you at the end to, like, promote yourself, oh, yeah. but okay, you I'll, can do I'll it in the middle, it, yeah. and then we'll repeat it at the I'll end. We'll repeat it at the end. I'm on Chatterbait, and I'm at Citrus Tits, all spelled out, just how you would think Citrus Tits is spelled out. Is that I'm a, really proud I got that name and didn't okay. have to add any numbers to it. I was like, is that a nickname from childhood? Or? <laughs> I had just recently dyed my hair orange. And so I just was like, citrus tits. I don't know. <laughs> kind of nice. Um, but I am really into, like, public sex stuff. And one of my, like, actual, like, kinks is um, exhibitionism and voyeurism. So I don't, I don't know why it took me so long to get into it. Because, like, I actually enjoy it. it, it not that other people don't. Yeah. But some people do it just to do it or whatever. Um. And a lot of sex workers obviously really love it too, and they love what they do. So I'm not I'm not saying like I'm the only one that does that. But I, for me, I was like, oh my god, I should be doing this because I enjoy masturbating for other people. <laughs> so <laughs> why am I not making money doing this? Yeah. So I don't know. Hopefully, I'll be making more money eventually. But I uh, like the best I ever made once was like twenty five dollars an hour. But that's still pretty good. Yeah, how for do you, masturbating. Um, so it's just how many viewers you get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they tip tokens, bitcoins, I guess. I don't really know. I'm so tech dumb, too, so it's like, I feel like I could be doing better uh, marketing and what have you and, like, having a Twitter account for it and 
just so many things. Um, there's so much like sounds like comedy. Marketing. Yeah, there's so much marketing, and then you can like sell sell your Snapchat. Like you can create a sexy Snapchat that's different from your regular one, and then you can sell that to people, so that you provide them with an X amount of like nudes. Um, for a certain price. Okay. And it's like, I could be doing that too. Cause I like taking nudes and I don't have that many people to send them to, which is a sad tragedy. <laughs> and well, so I think after this goes on the radio, that, that might all change. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, but I, ha- when I do, I'm on it, I do have fun and people seem to really like my, um, my energy with it. And it's clear that I'm having fun and like, yeah, you into actually want to like enjoy yeah. doing it. And, uh, I just, I hope I'm going to try to grow with it more. And do more of it. Try a different website, too. I had another friend of mine who's doing it who suggests a different website and some marketing skills that I need to get better at. Yeah, when I said it's, like, comedy, I don't mean, like, it's comedy. I mean, like, it's comedy is doing your stand-up, mm-hmm. but also marketing yourself. Oh, it like, is. you are your own marketing department. Oh, yeah. And it sounds like that's the same thing for, for Camming. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, how do, you know, you can have the greatest set of your life and you can have the greatest, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know what you, session mm-hmm. is that what you would call yeah. it, um, and it, and nobody sees it, well, you know. Yeah, like what's the point? Yeah, I uh, I uh, one time I did actually tell I was pretty buzzed while I was doing it, and I did tell some jokes. <laughs> it's pretty great. I was like, y'all, I'm just gonna start telling my jokes, and it was the weirdest thing because I was telling it to definitely like people watching, but no sound. You know, so it was, like, so weird to, like, where's my pause breaks and what have you, because I don't actually practice comedy like that. I don't sit in my room and, like, say my jokes out loud, so that was foreign to me, Um, but I got a lot of people that really liked them, though, and I did get tipped for it, and uh, nice. that was fun. That's cool you get Bitcoins. I don't know if you know, like, 50 Cent, one of his albums, he sold a bunch of them. He let people pay in Bitcoin, and he forgot wow. that he had it, and that was, like, before Bitcoin Shit. blew up, and he made, I think, like, $7 million. Or I forgot the amount, so don't quote me on that no, I know, right? if I'm wrong. But it was just, like, this money sitting there, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, my God, Bitcoin blew up. Oh, I have these ones over here. So, you know, it might actually, you know, it could take, Maybe. I don't know, people yeah. have all these different thoughts about about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and I don't, I'm not a tech person either, so I don't, I know, so. I don't know. Um, when did you start getting into stand-up, though? Uh, I've been doing it for, uh, actually, oh, shit, maybe March 1st First was my second years. Second years? Wow, I'm so good at talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm just celebrating my second year anniversary doing oh, it. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I've been doing it only in Portland, um, and I've been having a really good time doing it. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty fun. This is my first, like... Um, festival that I've traveled for and first kind of like real festival in a sense I helped last year um with the first ever Portland queer comedy festival and um with Belinda Carroll is one of the uh, co-founders of that and I helped her do social media and then uh she just like put it on put me on it as a favor I think um Oh, don't say that. Maybe, I, I don't comedy. know. Like, uh, give yourself some credit. Thanks, I don't know. But uh, then I ended up, like, uh, well, then I ended up killing it pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I, I definitely, go. like, once I was on the festival, I then definitely I killed it. it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely killed it pretty good. And then, um, and then, and I also did so good in the social media that now she's made me the director of social media for this year. So we're when's gearing a, up. It's actually, like, when's the festival? Yeah, July 18th through the 22nd in right. Portland, Oregon. Applications the, open? They are. Submissions actually just opened up last week. Um, thank you for, I'm so glad we're talking about this. Yeah, because I didn't would know you guys had one. Okay, I'm like, I'm going to apply, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so you go to, it's all spelled out, portlandqueercomedyfestival.com. Um, last year we had, 
uh, Guy Branham on it. We had Julie Goldman, um, Maggie May, Ant. I mean, some huge, huge comics. And then a lot of really great ones traveling from all over. Um, and, and then some local comics, obviously. And it was huge. It was like four days, multiple venues. It was the best fucking time ever. So we're really excited for the second year. Um, so we're doing submissions right now. I think they're through April. And um, and it's going to be really great. Yeah, and they're going to put you in it again. Yeah, you she's definitely going to put me in it again for sure. Media director. And then I've been yeah, doing the social media. Um, you can follow it at a PDX Queer Comedy Fest on Instagram is where we have a lot of the information. Nice. And uh, I love doing it. I'm, a, I'm really I'm, – I'm tech dumb on a lot of, like, weird things, but I'm really good at social media and marketing and just being on there. It doesn't bother me at all. Like, a lot of people don't like to look at their phone and see notifications. I live for that <laughs> shit, dude. I I'm turn like them all off. Validation. So I can't I can't handle it. I just, you know, I get texts and get calls it. are the only things that pop up on my phone. Everything else. I have all the apps, but I have to click on them to make mm-hmm. it happen because if my phone blinks in the middle of the night, I'll get up and, like, I can't have anything blinking. It's so funny. Yeah, I know. I guess people have that kind of anxiety. I get it. It's just not me. I'm just like, yeah. It doesn't bother me to, like, yeah create events and do things it's like what i live for so it's kind of nice um so what got you to do stand up like was this something you always thought you'd do yeah i was once about four five years ago i was like a um i randomly got asked to do a monologue for the vagina monologues and for a college production and i was given the monologue that's called my angry vagina and it's the one that's the most i would say like a stand-up set it's very much like just a woman up there ranting about all these things and it's very funny and um i memorized it and just kind of went up there and did it uh to the point where i had people come up to me after me afterwards and were like is, did you write that like is that yours like did you just like is that your stand-up set and i was like no that's actually just somebody else's but it felt so (laughs) natural and good and it was really um yeah something just like really clicked in that sense and I had done uh high school drama and was always um really good as far as uh I have zero stage fright and zero stage nerves um but I never really liked theater that much because I felt like it wasn't me I had to be a character um and it took me years to realize that was what it was I never that I didn't stick with it it was because I didn't want to be a character yeah, I, I understand that. I've, I've struggled with that. On, I was actually just talking to someone about when I tried to do improv because mm-hmm. I thought improv would help me uh, uh, be oh more uh, on stage, move more, have better movements, like be more active, ha- maybe do character yeah. impressions, all that stuff. And, and I realized I hated it, and mm-hmm. it did because it's not authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Even if I maybe stand a little more still on stage than other comics. Like I'm not Robin Williams <laughs> running yeah. all over the stage, but that's, that's him. Yeah, that's That's fine. not me. Um, so you kind of – and I do better when I – more natural mm-hmm. um and that's what you tap into so i'm not a good actor either because mm-hmm. i can't get into the character's mindset but you do have a good stage presence and oh, thank you and that it's interesting that we're talking about now because yeah mm-hmm. like your jokes that i've heard the last two nights if i can remember i mean all of them are about you yeah and that's the same for me it's very hard for me to write like a joke about something that you make out of whole cloth like a, a situation like I, I could i imagine do it and i definitely make social commentary on things that are happening but the rest of it's just all jokes based on your own life and your experiences yeah well that way number one no one can say that 
I stole them because it's like, no, I was at that gynecologist and this mm-hmm. is what happened to me. Um, and, and number two, I just, I find mine, those are funnier for me because they're more real for me. Um, I noticed like a lot of the Portland comics, I'm here in San Francisco, a lot of the San Fran comics are here. There's a mm-hmm. bunch from Portland. There's some from LA and Washington. Yeah. Boston um, and, even. Yeah. And everyone seems to have a lot of political stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe it's it's just me where like I actually get so angry that I can't make this funny. Uh-huh. Um, or I think also in New Orleans, like we're not really as political and it's not really as politically minded as other places. So yeah. I feel like that's just kind of, you know, what I'm coming out of. Yeah, definitely. But I think that's what's nice because then we can be authentic and we can be ourselves on stage and we don't necessarily have to worry about being this character. Yeah, because you get to just, you know, share things about yourself and that's really cool and, Mm -hmm. you know, be like, yeah, I have full body hair, head to toe. Fuck Mm -hmm. you if you don't agree with me. Like that's And that's great. And you get cheers and and people, you know, if maybe someone else who thought about doing that but didn't have the Mm -hmm. guts to do it, you know, maybe they'll, you know. That's one of my favorite things about doing it for sure. I talk a lot about. Yeah, I mean, it's, and like you said earlier, like coming around on a, uh, uh, an experience that wasn't pleasant and then years later making it, taking it back and making it therapeutic for yourself and then funny for people yeah. and in a way funny for yourself. I talk a lot on stage about my body um, and also my sexual assaults and I also talk about my dead parents and I talk about um, bullying and... I feel like there's one other major thing that's taboo and um oh well just being sexually promiscuous i guess people have trouble with that um and those things have really helped me i mean in so many ways i've been the least like sad and depressed about my own issues since i started doing comedy however also i've seen my anxiety increase (laughs) tenfold since doing comedy as far as like, do people like me? Am I doing this right? Oh, just, yeah. Once you let oh go of that, God, and I don't know stuff. how to, I don't know how to help you do oh, that. Please. But oh, darn. Um, you know, once you can give, like, say, I think Janine Garofalo has it, where she's just like, once you can not give a fuck and mean mm-hmm. it, like you can say that and mean it, it's gonna just open up the the world yeah. um, for you for sure. Right. But have you had people come up to you after shows and been like, I relate to you on oh, this? Yeah. And I did a joke about my dead mom once at a bar, and. Uh, this man came up to me and he was crying and he was like, thank you so much. He's like that exact thing that you talked about, uh, ha- happened to me like last month. And it's such a random thing. Cause it's basically the story. It, the joke's too long to do, but it's more or less me talking about the fact that I had a PB and J sandwich five feet from my dead mom's body. Because like after she died, we had to wait for the hospice people to like come and pick her up. And once you die in hospice, they don't rush anymore. Cause you're dead. Mm. So we just had to sit with her, and then you get hungry after two hours, <laughs> wow. but you yeah. don't want to leave because it's just like, it's such an intense moment. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Um, so I've made a joke about it, and it's kind of a harsh one. I don't do it a ton because people don't, it's not that big of a payoff for it, but the times I have done it have been nice, and this one time this guy came up to me, and he's like, she just passed away last month, and I also sat with her and had my lunch, and it was a very... Um, isolating experience for me and I never thought I could really like talk to anybody about it and I was like and I told him I was like I hadn't either she's been dead for like over 10 years and I rarely talk about that specific situation that specific moment of me sitting there eating that sandwich until I came up with that joke yeah and now I can talk about it without crying previous to that <laughs> I would cry okay so yeah so progress like, <laughs> progress <laughs> and I remember the first time I did it on stage I actually did almost cry because it was just so like <gasps> yeah like this moment and like those are the moments I just like 
really like yeah and the fact that he related to it was so powerful i couldn't i was like i have to keep talking about this stuff because i get pushback sometimes from people for talking about some of these subjects and i'm not going to i mean because ultimately my my career goals aren't to become like a famous comedian i actually don't really want to do that i just want to have a platform where i can talk about these things to make myself selfishly feel better and to like have moments like that with people yeah, no, I think that's I think that's really great. I also think, you know, uh, like Lori Kilmartin has this uh, special she just released called 45 Jokes About My Dead Dad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and the first one's like a really cheesy joke, and she's like, buckle in. We have 44 more. Oh, like, this is – but I think it's like it's one of those topics that people – we all have to deal with it at yeah. some point in our lives, unfortunately, um, at one point or another. And mm-hmm. I think it's been taboo to, like, really make jokes about it or talk about it before. But I think now that those things are kind of opening up where people are able to – you know, mm-hmm. where you can have that moment on stage and share it with somebody else and maybe have a little comic relief even if it's for 30 seconds you know exactly it's totally worth it to me all right well great place for us to end on dead mom jokes um but anyway can you just tell everybody where they can find you um Mm -hmm. at at this festival particularly and then just in portland and uh social media all that jazz promote the fuck out of yourself oh you guys are so sweet um tonight i am on a show that is called underwear only it's at 10 p.m and it's the show where the comics will be telling their jokes uh nude or in underwear and i'm really excited to be on it this will be the third time i have told jokes nude on stage um in portland there's a show similar called comic strip and uh, the comics get naked as they tell their jokes. And I'm actually, as of two months ago, uh, started being the co-producer of that show um, after being on it once last year and just, like, loving it and having a passion for it. And I weaseled my way into being the co-producer. So if you're ever in Portland, uh, hit that up. It's Comic Strip. It happens on every last Friday of the month. Uh, Wonderful show. We love touring comics to come through if they're interested in doing it. Um... So that's tonight at 10 that I'll be doing that show here at Mutiny Radio. Um, you can follow me social media on all of the platforms. I have the same uh, username, and it's Jenna with a smile. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, everywhere that way. And um, I'm also, like I said, helping uh, social media promote for the Portland Queer Comedy Festival happening this July 18th to the 22nd. And we want everybody who falls under the umbrella of all of the alphabet soup that you can say. Um, And we do have one straight show. So if you're a super ally and you think you're better than anyone else, definitely also submit. Um, Just there's a part where you can mention that in the application. Um, So we do have the one straight show. Because we do, have, we do care. Yeah, about we're, we're inclusive. <laughs> yeah, we're that's inclusive. The whole thing. Yeah, we, we're open to everybody. <laughs> um, I think that's about it. Oh yeah, and on uh, Chatterbait, definitely follow yeah. me at Citrus Tits, and I do shows pretty sporadically. But when I do do them, I do them. And there might be jokes too. Yeah, there might be jokes. <laughs> All right, and thank you, Mutiny Radio, for letting us do this here. Thank you. Uh, this is Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, and thank you to Pam Benjamin, who's amazing. All right, thank I'm Amanda you. G. Thanks. One of his diatribes I've learned. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome you to the <clears throat> Mutiny Radio Happy Hour. We got two hosts tonight. We're going to start with your host, with the most. Pam Benjamin! Oh, yeah! Well, I had to keep that clap going. 
for George D. Smith running your ones and twos tonight. Hell yeah! In the house, killing it. Getting those audience mics up. Putting together all of those awesome beats on the back end, making it sound good for our 12,000 downloads. Not to toot the horn, and I know it's like uncouth to lift the veil and be like, this is how many people downloaded in October. But uh, we were like the fifth and fifth show out of the whole station, so it was like super awesome. With And so we average basically like 12,000 people a week download this podcast, which means that like 12,000, we don't know who they are or where they come from we know that they are between 24 and 35 years old and they're usually men so that's what we know that's it that's all we know isn't that interesting? I know. Who knew that everyone would love dick jokes? They're like, guys, the dick joke. Last week I heard the thing about the guy trying to suck his own dick, and it blew my mind because I always thought that you would go like ass over, t- well, not ass over TK, that you would go forward, that you would, for- if you were going to, if I were a guy and I had my own dick, I would be practicing the splits and leaning forward to try to get my mouth on my penis. Now, what I didn't know was that you actually put your feet over your head and you suck your dick that way totally different more of a yoga pose more of like a varishnahanana i just made that word up sounded a little bit indian cool we're all here for open mic shenanigans everybody breathing okay what would it do i'm so glad i quit smoking four months ago like this is awesome like what is a preparing for the apocalypse yay my lungs i i actually i've i've i haven't smoked in four months but in the past three days i've had a total of four and a half cigarettes now because what's the fucking point like what was i doing like clap for me 22 years and then i should have just kept smoking really Really? I'm going to be healthy now and worry about my face or whatever. And then it's, we're all going to die. I mean, that's going to happen anyway, but just, I guess, sooner now than ever, we're like, no, we're all breathing it. I'm just wondering, like, what cool things or weird, like, will we get a third appendage? Can I grow a tail? Like, when, when I breathe in carcinogens, like, it'd be cool if I could, like, grow a tail. And then it'd be cute, and I could wag it around and be like, what? Like, I love weird genetic problems based off of sucking in carbon. (laughs) Carbon makes everything, right? So why can't my carbon make a cattail? Meow! I I could just swing it around. Here's the thing. No, but people don't communicate very well. In with words, so I feel like if I had a tail, people could like listen to my tail because it would just be sort of happening. Is that can we all just get tails, or maybe everyone should just start doing a funky thing with their arm when they're like, I am so uncomfortable with this race conversation right now. <laughs> like, if I just <laughs> ride the wave out, like, well, I bet. But my tail could flick, flicker back and forth, like, ooh, like cats let you know, like that you know if you're triggered, which is a word that triggers me now. When I hear someone say triggered, I'm like, oh fuck you. What are you gonna tell me that I'm not woke about right now? Really? I'm not good enough for you? Yeah? I'm so triggered. I hate that word. My little tail. <laughs> I wish I was a cat person. I hope that breathing in all this air that's bad will change my genetic structure so that I will grow. Like, I hate growing fur because it's not, like, okay by society standards, and it's all over my face, and my boyfriend plucks it for me because I am so old that I can't see the my hairs on my face. I beer goggle myself every day. Like, I look in the mirror, and I'm like, I can't see anything wrong with this. 
when there's so many hairs and he's 11 years younger than me and he's like we're sitting in line at the bus and he's like I love you so much you're so beautiful and the sun is shining on my face and then he says there's just this one hair can I get it and then he's like reaching around for tweezers and they're never on your Swiss army knife anymore those are the first things to disappear anyways he plucks my face he must, he's the general in the army against my facial hair. It's, I'm Jewish. Okay. <laughs> we don't, we have an army. We actually, we have a real army. Everyone has to be in it for any people who know about Israel, where all the Jews coalesced. They force each other to be in the military, unless you're gay or crazy, and then they get mad at you about it, but then there's a huge community of them that are like, yeah, we're gay and crazy. It's great. We're fun. <laughs> I love Israel. Which is, a t- I mean, is that hate speech? I don't know. I mean, it's to some people, <laughs> right? I mean, okay, I've done enough. <laughs> are, are you guys warmed up? <laughs> awesome. Okay, cool. I'm so glad you guys are here. I Actually, I'll put $2 in there. It's so silly. Oh, I only have a 20 right now. I can't give myself $20. That's weird. I'd have to fish it out of there later. <laughs> but it would be... <laughs> All right. Welcome to happy hour. Um, like, and I don't want to pressure you about it, but like, if you could donate $2, that's so cool. But I understand if you're like poor and you're like, I could eat chips or give to then eat the chips. You know what I'm saying? Like go for the, or if it's like, oh, I could have a tall PBR somewhere and then drink the PBR. It's fine. You can pay Palace later. <laughs> Everyone has a smartphone, right? Uh, it's all, it's all good, but we're doing an open mic and we're going to have fun. People that are here, clap for yourselves. This can be as good or as bad as you want it to be. George G. Smith is back there and he laughs his ass off. So he is 14 people. You actually have 14 people right there. And if he laughs, that's a 14 people laugh. Okay, so judge it that way. Put your hands together for your first comedian tonight, Sabrina Miller. All right, let's just get this thing started. How are we all doing? Wow, interesting response. We're probably, it feels like we're living through one of Nostradamus's prophecies, but everybody's like, woo, yeah, life is good. Fucking, it doesn't, it does feel like we're living through one of his prophecies. It's like, when the crescent moon floats in the smoky sea atop the city by the bay, whilst the orange king holds court in the swamp in the east. I don't know, I could make a tasteless joke about paradise being lost, but that would be horrible. I don't know, I don't know. We're gonna find out soon enough what the last part of that that prophecy is. Uh, so my name is Sabrina Miller. I've oftentimes been described as the Vanilla Sarah Silverman, oftentimes by the same dude. Oh, that's right. I don't think George heard that one. Awesome. Let's keep... All right. The same guy who once told me I reminded him of a white Joan Rivers, George. I'm just going to fucking... I'm going to keep... I'm going to keep telling that joke. As long as there is one person who laughs, I am just going to just keep fucking running with that, that joke there, uh, which is actually funnier than anything I've ever come up with. Fuck that guy. I hate him even more. So uh, I am a part-time extrovert, I am. 
my mom was shocked when she found out that I do stand up. She was really shocked because I've struggled with anxiety most of my life. And I told her, mom, I'm comfortable on stage now. You know, I'm comfortable. I don't have to have weed brownies anymore. I yeah, I find it reassuring to know everybody really is staring at me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Feeling comfortable. Part time extrovert. So uh, I, I drink. Thank you, Pam, for that muffled applause. Simpatico. So I, I, I drink, but not to be social. I drink because I have obsessive compulsive disorder. That's why I drink, baby. Oh, yeah. Just the other week, I brought my joke notebook with me to a bar, had quite a few drinks. Oh, my goodness. Things got a little crazy. I was like, oh, my God. I am so fucked up right now. I totally forgot to dot that I. And cross that cross that lowercase t. Oh my goodness! I'm like, guess who's not gonna be triple checking the lock on the front door of her apartment tonight? This girl, yeah. That's a nod to the movie As Good as It Gets, Jack Nicholson. Okay. Hmm. I voted slash low self-esteem. I don't remember that one. So moving on. So I was talking about OCD, that reminds me. Uh, for some reason, that reminds me of this article I came across about, uh, uh, talked about things you should never do right after you wake up in the morning. Now, the first thing was don't go on Facebook. Sorry to burst your bubble. Something about scrolling through your newsfeed, elevates your cortisol levels, makes you anxious, you don't want that. Uh, second thing was don't not hydrate. Now, the third thing you should never do right after you wake up in the morning is make your bed. I know, I know it's a hard one not to do, just, 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 you know, just curb your enthusiasm there. So I, I don't know what the science is, but there's something about, you know, fluffing the comforter and spreading it out that makes for more dust mites. And I'm like, okay, so what if you're OCD? What if you can't not make your bed like three times in a row? What do you do? Do you get three times the dust mites? Like, what the fuck? I wish I was a Republican and OCD so I could treat dust mites like climate change. Oh, God, I wish I could. Oh, my goodness. So I am transgender. Uh, that's right, there's no segue for that one, so I can fucking just insert that anywhere. So I am wearing a bra right now. <laughs> I don't know why, let's be honest. <laughs> this is not a bra, it's a boob warmer. Earmuffs for my boobs. Boob muffs, if you will. Thank you very much. And uh, I think I will just end on uh, just talking about my boobs there. All right, I'm going to turn it back over to your your host, Bam Benjamin. Give it up for Bam, everybody. Sabrina Miller, yay! We are so simpatico. I also have no boobs. <laughs> like, this is all chicken cutlet. Like, this over here, you could elbow me right now, and I wouldn't feel it at all. This is a, this is a chicken cutlet bra. It's like a huge amount of fluff, and then it pushes my sad, sappy triangles together in some semblance of cleavage that I don't show underneath my t-shirts because I try to dress like a boy. <laughs> try to dress like a 14-year-old skateboarding boy because I never grew up, everybody. I just wanted to be Peter Pan, but I never got the role. Oh, Sandy Duncan, you're so cute. With her one glass eye. Cool. I just, he just 14 people back there. George D. Smith! What? 
Uh, and I'm at the worst house ever, but look, I can do this. L- don't lift the veil, everybody. Hey, your next comedian, what a champion he is. What a helpful and wonderful individual. He has a great open mic on Saturday nights. Oh, unheard of. Who has a mic on Saturday nights? Your next comedian does from 8 to 10 every Saturday. It's called Watch and Learn. Come and watch and learn with him. Put your hands together for Capital Pilgrim. Yay! I like that. I'm transgender. I don't have a segue, so I can stick that in anywhere. Not anymore. I have to poop. I know, I can't even think of my jokes. It's all I can think about. Like, I got to poop so bad, I tried to pee, and it, I just can't. Like, I could, but I'm going to do more than that. It's going to be a real bad time. Um, I was out there hanging with everybody. and Not everybody, actually. Pretty much everybody who's not in this room, um, plus Max Eddie. And I farted, and he got accused before I did. <laughs> And I feel like I, f- I look more like I'm going to fart in public than Max Eddie does. Max Eddie looks pretty put together. He looks like he holds him in for a while. Like, why, why, why am I the first one? Mark Neuer wasn't even accused. I was accused. He was the one doing the accusations. And then, over there in that bowl. Oh, I'm fine. No, they're struggling. It was outside. But that should say something. That I was outside in that motherfucking smoke, and they were still smelling it. And then Luke Newman took credit for it. What the fuck? <laughs> Um, like I said, though, I got a shit so bad I forgot my material. Um, just shit, dude. <laughs> <You can laughs> It'd be a lot funnier than my. You can actually reach into the bathroom if you want to do it. What? If you want to take the, if you want to take the microphone into the toilet. No, no, no. Sounds like you're trying to. Sounds like you're trying to. I already didn't want to shit a mutiny radio. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it with a mic. I think I think I think pooping and mutiny radio is something we gotta do on watch and learn. <laughs> That's not something you gotta have just on the radio. Um, no, really, I don't. I don't think I can make any material better than my material right now, though. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chill off it. Um, I'm gonna donate too before I forget. Anyways, I was having a conversation with my friend. And the motherfucking, this homeless dude next to us just starts yelling at me, asking for money. So I fucking ignore him. Because I feel like that's what you do when people are yelling at you. And my friend got mad, and he's like, what the fuck? The homeless people are people too. What the hell? How come you just ignored him? And I said, I didn't ignore him because he's homeless. I ignored him because he's asking me for money. (laughs) That's fair. That's what you do. When your uncle hits you up asking how you're doing, you respond. When your uncle hits you up asking you for money, you fucking ignore it. Um, like, oh, that's not funny. Why did I write that down? <laughs> the fuck? Um, y'all know that joke. Uh, I gotta fucking get it together. I really, my brain's not working right. I gotta get my shit together. Look at me. I look like a fucking dope fiend. <laughs> I'm wearing Crocs with flowers. I look like I've been doing cocaine all night in my Crocs. Like, what the fuck? 
I'm wearing, I got my dope fiend jacket on, so the pockets are big enough so I can just stuff all the shit I need. I don't need to use my backpack. I don't know. I look like I just got off fucking Breaking Bad. That's supposed to go first. Fuck it. I'm just, I'm mostly tired, and y'all know why. I almost witnessed a murder. I swear to God. Don't worry, though. Motherfucker got murdered. But I almost had to witness it, and I do not have time for that shit right now. In fact, you know, I think, I think that's why most murders don't happen. Um, well, you know what? That's not true. I don't... I got time for murder. Let's be real. Every single one of us got time for murder. I just, I don't have time for the consequences. Because the murder part, like the murder part's, the murder part's fun. But when you're having fun, time flies by, which is why they don't make any movies about that part. It's only about the after part. I fucked that joke up. There's something there. Like I said, I got a shit. I forgot all my material. Give it up for your host. Hey, I'm motherfucking Benjamin, everybody. Murder. Murder was the case that they gave me. Is that something from the 80s that I remember in my gestalt? Is that a... Okay, cool. I tried to be together on that uh i was uh, I, I was very affected by your set some might say triggered <laughs> call back sorry for those that are listening on the podcast okay so i am gonna lift the veil for a second and be like this person on the internet used to be like corday speak and spell not here and so i don't think i've ever seen this person in which is why i was confused i was like i don't think i see them i thought like i know who these people are so i don't know where the person is your next comedian there he is oh god for a second when i looked up i thought that was you had a raiders logo on your hat but you don't i was like oh do i have to judge is there another way i can judge him just kidding just kidding i actually watched him today this is the first time so this has been a big week for me in that i joined like instagram a couple days ago which was i never wanted to do i also was like the last person to join facebook from myspace i was like holding fast to the myspace so we were like nope facebook's a thing and i'm like okay i'm on that and they're like facebook's dead you've got an instagram i'm like i won't do it and then i finally joined it and i'm like i hated it and I've never watched anybody Facebook live, but today I did. <laughs> I did. It popped up and it said Mark Neuer is talking right now about being assaulted. Hashtag me too. I loved it. I loved it. I watched him for almost his whole, not even a rant. He was being very cool about it. But I get it. Like... Don't, don't, we should all keep our hands to ourselves, I think is the lesson that needs to be learned. But I listened to you today, it was so funny, and I was like, oh my God, he's driving a car, is he gonna be okay? Like, he's driving a car right now and he's talking to us. Like, he is really splitting his brain and space, and I know how much brain space he has. So I'm like, why is he doing that in front of like, Asian woman, hashtag me too. Oh no! Put your hands together for your next comedian, Mark Neuer. Yay! I know a lot of comics will say this, but that was my favorite introduction. Uh, and there's no bit about it. That was amazing. Because um, that's exactly what my Facebook lives need is more publicity. 
it needs more comics tuning in. As like three seconds, I went live. Three seconds later, seven. Very not you, Pam. I didn't even see that you were on that. The, the faces that I did see on there. Why do you got a name drop? Very, very, very nosy motherfuckers immediately tuned in. And I love Jesse. I'd say Jesse is, uh, he is the uh, district, district uh, three or district, it's district two. He's a district two co- comedian representative. Um, no, he is. I've, I've taken, I've, I left district. I think this is district nine, right? Your mission? That's you. You're, you're district nine. It makes sense. Right. I'm, I've taken, I am now, I am the district six. District four and district one comedy representative. So if you have any grievances in any of those districts, you just bring it right to me and we'll get it all under control. We'll figure it out. We'll go Facebook live. We'll air this bitch out. Not this one, because this is district six or nine, which is under Pam's jurisdiction. So, you know. Uh, so it's smoky. And that happens to be the environment that I thrive in. I've never felt more athletic in my life. <laughs> Everyone around me looks sick. They look ashy. I look pretty ashy. They look real ashy. Not because there's fire or anything. It's just their, their skin is dry. My skin's always dry. All I do is smoke cigarettes. Said so my entire, you see the outside? You do see the outside? You've been to the outside? Okay, well, have you seen it? Did you open your eyes in the outside? Okay, today, did you? Today? Yeah, today. 90% of the time, at least, that's what my lungs look like. <laughs> at least. Yeah. At least. Dude. If not 95. Like, that's... I could outrun any of you right now. <laughs> any of you. You look like you could run. Maybe not in those shoes, but in the jacket, probably it's the wind resistance, you know? I don't know. It has the curvature there. It's like a spoiler on a car. The little, your little flappers. I got little flappers too, but I got a zipper, so I can zip this motherfucker all. Oh, you got buttons. That's just gonna make it worse. You're gonna be even slower. You don't know anything about flying, do you? <laughs> you thought we were talking about running. We're flying. We're flying. With this kind of climate, that's what I could do. I could fly. I'm a fucking superhero. I'm a mutant out there. I'm like a fucking swamp sludge monster that just just. Out of the fucking crevices of the world, I just sprout out. I'm like, yes, I can finally breathe. Yes, I can finally breathe. I heard today that a cigarette is better for you than the fucking air around you. Do you know how long it's been burning, this air? Do you know how long there's been ashes all over you? Four to how many, seven days now? It could have only been three. I don't fucking know. That's about how long these masks last. Have you looked at the filter in any of these fucks masks? What does it look like? Like nothing's happening to it. You want to know why? Because nothing's happening to it. After four, mi- four minutes, four minutes of a cigarette, not only are my fingers fucking brown, but you can squeeze juice out of the filter. Cigarette juice! (laughs) Cigarette juice out of the filter. I did it on purpose. I'm here on purpose. I'm here. I came here intentionally. 
Thank, thank, is who's getting cashed out? Are you getting cashed out or am I? I, I will fucking nosedive into Max Eddy right now and we'll both get cashed out. We will turn this to Muni Radio WWE right now, dog. Right now, I will fucking, dog. They already got the tables and the chairs. All we're missing is a ladder and I think I just found it. Do you know, Pam, here's another way you can make money here. You have an entire soda machine. Fill that bitch up. Fucking cops. These fucking cops. They want to come regulate the fucking sodas, but there's goddamn ash in the air, and they and I got cigarette juice on my fingers and my fucking penis. Thank you. Have a great night. Mark Neuer, everyone. Yay! He went into the potty. He can still hear me when I say this. Uh, oh, he's right. Oh, he's there. I was. I, you can't see anything from up here. But what one one time when I uh, I had talked to my dad a long time ago, uh, he said to me, "I saw the movie Napoleon Dynamite, and it was either the best thing I've ever seen or the dumbest thing I've ever seen." And I feel like my dad would say the same thing about your comedies. <laughs> It's like either, you're either a genius or a fool, but either way, there's some Shakespearean shit going on. Everybody, Mark Neuer, yay! Commenting on our world. Can you go back and watch Facebook Lives after they've lived, or is that it? They save there? They exist there? Oh, Christ. I just don't understand the future. Your next comedian certainly does. What a funny guy he is. I recently saw him at the setup where he killed it. Put your hands together for Max Eddy. Yay! Thank you, Pam. Keep it going for Pam, guys. That was fun. And Mark, that was a fun set. That was good. Uh, yeah, I will say, I like the image of cops, like, trying to stop the, the smoke, though. Like, it's like, dude, cop, you're not doing your job. And they just take their baton. They're just like... <laughs> that, did I get it? <laughs> That's silly. How are you guys doing? Are you guys good? Fuck yeah. There we go. I like asking that question in the aggregate. How are you? I do not like asking individual people. <laughs> That's one thing. Because if you ask an individual person, sometimes they will answer. And it's bad. <laughs> All right. I did it the other day, and uh, I asked the lady, how are you? And she gave me everything. It was, oh my god. I'm just like, how are you? And she's like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I've just been driving around a lot today. I'm throwing a birthday party for my chinchilla. He's so sweet. He, I actually named him Ghostface Chinchilla because Ghostface Killa is my favorite member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Tang! And I actually got him six months ago. I went to Petco because I saw this National Geographic documentary about the Capybara, which is the largest rodent in the world. It's indigenous to South America. And I was like, hmm, I got to get me one of them Capybaras. So I I went to Petco and asked the guy, do you guys have any capybaras? And he's like, actually, it's illegal to own a capybara as a pet in California. But we do have chinchillas, and they're rodents, and they're smaller. And I was like, of course they're smaller. Capybaras are the largest rodent in the world. <laughs> and then I was like, one, that. And then two, also, I just went through a breakup. My boyfriend broke up with me, so I'll take any pet because I am devastated. <laughs> I am. I do not know what I'm doing with myself. He cheated on me with a Mormon. I thought they weren't supposed to do that. Uh, 
thought it was against their code, but he did it. And we worked in the same place. We both worked at Zynga. And I was like, you know what? I'm just not passionate about dog poker for iOS anymore since we're not together. And that's why I'm driving for Lyft now. Also, if you want to water, they're in the door of your car. Fuck. I fucking... <laughs> Damn it. I almost said it right. Fuck. Uh, is that a better end? Is that a better... Okay, yeah. Damn it. I was so close. We're doing it again, everybody. <laughs> We're doing it one more goddamn time. <laughs> Fuck! I was so close. Oh, man. <laughs> that was good, but... Yeah, man, you never know what's going to happen when you ask that fucking question, though. It's the worst. Also, I did give her five stars, by the way, because uh, she was the only Lyft driver I've had that fucking bumps Wu-Tang, dude. Wu-Tang! Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was fun, man. Actually, I, I feel like I have a face that seems like I listen to... <laughs> Like, people are just like, oh, he can deal with my issues, and I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, actually, I got told the other day I was too nice, um, which is weird. That's a weird thing to get told, right? Like, too nice. Um, especially because I was trying to fuck this dude. Like, this. it's like, just, he's just like, uh, I don't know, you're just too nice. It's weird. It's like, first of all, fuck you, dude. First of all. Fucked up, dude. We need more nice people in the world. Second of all, thank you for your feedback, okay? <laughs> your candor is refreshing, you fucking asshole. <laughs> okay. That works better. That's good. Uh, do I have anything else? Oh, uh, thank you. Um, before we go, did you guys hear that uh, there's a Toy Story 4 coming out next year? There's a Toy Story 4 coming. What will those toys do next, you guys? Oh, man. You know what they're doing now? They're going to a summer camp. I, Pam, it's happening. It's, I wish I could have been at the pitch, because I've, it's fun. What if we, what if we took them, you know, the toys from the first three, what if we just took them to camp? Is that good? Sounds like a $400 million idea. That's, but will it, will it be successful critically, though? 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's gonna, it's gonna do great. Um, I hope they go, I hope they go gritty with this one though. You know what I'm saying? Fucking gritty Toy Story 4. I added a new part to this from last night, so fucking watch out. Like imagine, like, like The Wire meets Toy Story. We'll call it The Toy Story. <laughs> Let's push the names together. And then uh, fucking Woody uh, does the, you know, he does a reach for the sky, but he actually shoots. That'd be fun, right? Fuck. And fuck, Buzz Lightyear doing heroin. Just uh, he wraps the slinky dog around his arm, <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Okay, um, that sucked. Uh, that's fine. Thanks, guys. Yay, Max Eddie! Even though your phone ran out of batteries, it doesn't matter because you can download the podcast because it's being recorded right now and you can hear it. Yay! That was really lovely. It's silly that they're going to put the Toy Story in camp. Like, how do they get the toys there? Because you're not allowed to bring more than one toy to camp. I don't know if anyone's ever been to sleepaway camp. Anyone else been to Jewish sleepaway camp? You get one toy, maybe, and they're like, do you really want to bring your blankie? And I'm like, I have to bring Mino. And they're like, you're going to explain to everybody why you have this tattered, weird thing? Since, And I'm like, since I was born, why are you trying to take away everything important to me? How are they going to bring the toys to camp? 
They've they've already been in a preschool. They I know, but they've already been in preschool and they've already been slobbered on. And what they get, they get donated to camp. That is it. It is. I cannot suspend my reality enough for this fucking premise. It will not do it, Disney. Not this time. Don't do an up to you, dicks. Oh, the Asian kid grew up and now he's got a girlfriend, but we found out he's autistic. And how are we gonna deal with that? Your next comedian. What a funny guy. Put your hands together for Victor Trevino. <laughs> The garbage over the trains under the ruins through the remains around the crime. I have thoughts about Pixar movies too, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I never felt worse uh, since I was um, I was on a plane. It's a true story. I was watching Coco for the first time. Have you seen Coco? Yeah, I didn't cry. <laughs> I didn't cry. Like I was, the whole row was watching Coco with me. I was like, I. It was like during sex where you have to think about sad things. I was thinking about sadder things. <laughs> To try to get me to cry during Coco. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know, like, uh, I don't have that bone, you know? <laughs> Pretty emotionalist person. I think I get it from my dad, you know? Trying to become a better man. Uh, like, I'm 29 years old, I just turned 29. At this point in uh, my dad's life, he was, like, married, had, like, three kids, was a major in the Air Force, went, never went to Burning Man, never did LSD. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is he wasted his fucking life, and I'm looking for role models. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to show him how it's done. I've been like taking pictures of like the open mics I go to. I'm like, wish you were here, don't you? Don't you wish you were here when you were 29, <laughs> doing an open mic amateur comedy? <laughs> and then I texted him. I was like, you know, I used to drink your alcohol and put water back in the bottle. <laughs> I used to feel like a man drinking that 5% alcohol by volume, throwing it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm not paying him back for those gateway computers I ruined with porn viruses either. <laughs> I'm a man now, Dad. <laughs> also, if Mom is there, she never mailed, mailed me my uh, check for my birthday. <laughs> I know it's your money, but uh, <laughs> it's a joint account, so put her on the f- put her on the phone, Dad. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, uh, so like, uh, I'm also, yeah, like I'm, I'm trying to get better at like, uh, being less stingy with like my, my, uh, social media likes, you know what I mean? Trying to get better with it. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever done this, like you accidentally like a post and then you unlike it for some reason. Like, <laughs> like uh, I guess, <laughs> like, I don't know, like my sister posted a picture, it was like of her son and I like liked it on accident unliked it like right away <laughs> I don't know if like I was trying to play like hard to get or what like I didn't want to just think I was just like prowling her feet or what <laughs> like it's like I'll make her wait for this like you know <laughs> like don't want to seem too eager trying to be better um I just got to San Francisco about like a month and a half ago still figuring it out you know some things to learn give me claps yeah I'll fucking take it <laughs> Still figuring out how to like sort the compost and f- from recycling. <laughs> Shit's tough, dude. <laughs> Especially when people are watching you do it, like fucking like they're in line behind you now. <laughs> Just like dig into, like get one plastic ramekin out of the box and drop it in the one the one green bin or whatever the fuck. And then like I found out like some of the plastic knives are like compostable. They're like made of potatoes and shit. <laughs> 
I get away with a couple of mistakes. Like since I've, I'm, I'm new here, like, you know, I get a couple of rebuttals. Like they're like, no, 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 no. That goes in the compostable bin, honey. Uh, gets a lot easier when people aren't watching them. I found out you can just put it all in one bin. They still take it anyway. It's not like <laughs> I have no problems with that. Um, so like um, my father is Mexican and I'm Spanish, uh, but finding out that I look Jewish, uh, I found this out because uh, all my friends that teach me conspiracy theories don't like to finish the story. <laughs> They're always talking about, yeah, that's what they want you to think. That's why they did 9-11. And it's like, like, follow the money, dude. I'm like, wait, who's they? And they're like, Trevino, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, Trevino, Mexican. They're like, okay, great. (laughs) It's the Jews. Yeah, that's it. Thanks a lot. Those crazy compostable knives, <laughs> like, serious. If we can make knives made out of potatoes that can be compostable and they can't be eaten by questionably housed people, what are we doing in San Francisco? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we can make knives out of potatoes, but we can't let people eat those potatoes saying just go to sixth street everybody the more you know (laughs) wow i just looked out in the audience and max eddie has his mask on and he looks like bane he looks like a new ginger bane (laughs) which would be a cute name (laughs) you could just be (laughs) well if you were bald you could shave your head and then maybe grow a beard someday and people will call you ginger bane i mean there's a way to not be Right. Well, I never saw the movie anyway. I just, it's cool. I was just trying to be topical. I'm jealous. I always, I used to, in my college years, I used to dye my hair the color of your hair. I used to literally like dye my hair red or even orange (laughs) um, on purpose all the time. And uh, that was a look I had. Anyways, (laughs) the 90s were fun. (laughs) I was in college doing a lot of ecstasy. And that was, and it was in pills, which was weird. Uh, now it seems to be in capsules. I don't get it. We should, I, I don't, I don't, I can't anymore because there's not enough drug testing things and I don't want to take fentanyl. You're next. I don't know how the world works. I'm an old lady now. You crazy kids with your drugs. 2CBYQX. Like there's 14 letters and six numbers. No. How about just THC? Let's keep it easy, bitches. Um, I didn't mean that in a poorly, in a misogynistic way. Your next comedian is a lovely lady. Hey, everybody, put your hands together for Gula Feynman. You know I got Thanks, Pam. I love mutiny, and um, I think we've all benefited from the little sweet restaurant across the street that's cash only. I bought myself a Topo Chico because I was thirsty with the last of my of my dollars. So what's what's the PayPal um, address? How do people PayPal you? Mutinyradiofm at gmail.com. 
listeners it's mutiny radio fm at gmail.com you're here you're listening if we all just contribute five dollars a month terry gross is not on this channel but it's worth it yeah donate 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 button on the website while i'm shouting out let's shout out to uh somebody who's not in the room gary hughes couldn't be here he says a family tragedy and we're excited tune in he'll be back um he says hi to you pam in the room Ugh. Okay, I'm just gonna get real personal. Capital is talking about pooping. Uh, I've had my period for two and a half weeks straight. I think I told somebody like two and a half weeks ago I had my period. Like it's the same period, and I'm like starting to think like maybe this is not my period. Like maybe it's a sentence. Like <laughs> fucking sentence to like sit. I want to sit down so badly right now sit down comedy sentence just like no energy or libido <sighs> i don't know i feel like n- i'm i'm fine no i want a chair but i'm gonna stand it's part of it's part of the craft i don't know oh but i i'm it's i'm gonna bitch about it though <laughs> I don't know, it's like my hormones are so weird. Is this like, is this 27 Pam's talking about age and she's like, shut up, and you're 27. But like, it, your body's changing and I'm like, ah, oh, is this uh, my hormones? Like, like, I have a lot of pimples, but I'm also getting wrinkles. And I'm just like, this prinkle combo is like, sounds good, but it's hard to keep up after. Like, I have nail polish on because I got a manicure two weeks ago and don't know how to take it off. <laughs> Radio listeners, it's bad. I don't know. I'm like, I I also think it's it's because I have an IUD, and it just fucks your horn, fucks you up. It fucks you up. I always had my period on the new moon, and then I ovulated on the full moon like a fucking goddess, because I'm so in tune. And then I got an IUD, an intrauterine device, and now I'm. I'm all messed up and I was just like, I'm going to the gyno. When I figure out how to get this nail polish off my hands, I'm gonna go to the gyno, like a grown up, and I'm gonna get the shit out. And I feel like she's gonna, it's gonna be a she. She's gonna be like, well, now that you're gonna have like regular cycles again and your is gonna be back, you know, what are you gonna do for contraception? And I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm actually charting like a, a non-hormone thing. It's a, um, I'm actually kind of uh, already trying it out. I'm doing it right now. It's a, it's called a S-U-C, stand-up comedy, snow sex. I don't know. Lots of lots of other things. Uh, no, she's gonna, she's not gonna like that. And you guys didn't either. You're like, what? Like female comic, get in it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <sighs> People. People always ask me what my like orientation is, and right now I'm just like, I'm bleeding. <laughs> no, I hate everyone. <laughs> I don't know. You guys, I don't know how much time I have, but I think I have a big night ahead of me after this. I got to go home and put my duvet cover on. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, it really needed to be washed. Okay, bye. <laughs> So here's the thing you got to know about your IUD. Wait, why do you have, where'd she go? There you are. You have the Mirena. You have the one with the, with the hormones in it. Yeah. 
Scott, either way, fuck that shit. You got to go with the old school copper one. Okay, I have an old school copper one. So they put one of those ones with the hormones in. Da-na-na-na. It's going to be a TED Talk just for a second. Two ladies talking about this for realsies. They, so they talked me into it after my second abortion. They're like, maybe we should put an IUD in you. You know, you're in a committed relationship and you shouldn't keep having abortions. And I'm like, that's absolutely right. So they said, hey, we want to do the Mirena. And I was like, I don't want to have any hormones. They're like, no, this is really good. The thing they put in and it's got this hormones and you're going to be fine. So they put it into my uh, uterus and it's hanging out there for a month. And I gained like seven pounds in a month. And I was crying like every day. And I was like, something is wrong. My hormones are weird. And I go in there and I'm like, hey, I gained seven pounds in a month and I'm crying all the time what are you doing and they said maybe we should check your thyroid and I said you fucking dick poops like you put a thing in my body a month ago and everything got fucked up oh but it's something else maybe it's your thigh I've never had a problem with my thyroid it's the fucking I'm sorry that Morena gave you that much money what I just want is the copper one that's shaped like a T and it's like copper jewelry it's like a pool sweeper for your uterus and it keeps out all the dead babies and it does it with like copper which is like natural from like 2,000 years ago or some shit like 4,000 years ago the Chinese wrote a book about fucking medicine and shit and they're like put copper in her vagina and she won't have babies and we're like yay but no it was the just go with the copper one you bleed you bleed a little hard no it's the way it's, it's I've had one now and your period instead of when you take the ones with the hormones your period only lasts for like three days supposedly but with the I know right because it's the hormones are affecting you fucked up still guys da na 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 TED talk the, the, the hormones are fucking you up and it's with your body just like I gained seven pounds in a month and I was doing everything like what why would that happen so just take the hormones out of the equation just stick the little thing up there and you're gonna have your period for like six days a month but DIY IUD. That's there's a new joke. D D I yeah. But well, no, they don't even use copper and pennies anymore. That's the problem. It's all tin. <laughs> Our money is worthless. Your next comedian is not. Put your hands together for Luke Newman. Yay! It's one of the greatest compliments I've ever received. I'm not worthless. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Appreciate that. I'm not worthless. That means a lot to me. I don't know. So uh, Nikola Tesla uh, said uh, that the numbers 3, 6, and 9 were held the key to the the universe. And um, uh, the yin-yang twins were like, yep. Three, six, nine, damn good, you're fine. You gotta, you gotta know the song. You gotta know the song. Look, I did, that's as much acting out as I'm gonna do. Yeah. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Any of this, you're lost. Oh, no, sorry. Bitches. Be like. I, 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 everything I eat, I, I, everything I eat, it goes right to my ass. Like, what are you complaining about? That's perfect. <laughs> That's the best place f- for it for everything to go. 
what at what part of your body would you rather have all the fat going to? You know what I'm saying? The ass is the is the is the perfect place. Yes, go to the ass. What, 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 men, that's what we're all about, right? The ass. We don't want it to go anywhere else. Where would you rather have it go? Your forearms? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out here looking like Popeye and shit. That's not the that's not the move. The ass is the best place that all the fat could go to. My problem is is with uh, you know, if all the fat is going right here to the midriff and for some reason just stopping there, it's like, what's wrong? You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what you got to have a problem with. It's like, why you stop here? Go a little bit further. No man is like, you ass or titty man. No, I'm a, I'm a midriff man. <laughs> I'm a gut man. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm a forearm man. That's what I'm about. All that fat going to the forearms, that's what I'm about. No, the ass is the best place. That's not something to complain about. That's lucky. If all the if all the fat goes to the ass, that's you must have some black in you. No, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see black women complaining about it. I don't know. Um, what else, what else was I going to say? Uh, fucking, uh, saw this, uh, fucking uh, advertisement that was like, uh, you feed, feed, uh, you know, donate some money. You can feed, uh, a starving African child, um, for a day, for a dollar, a dollar a day. You can feed, uh. Damn, I'm I, I'm moving slow here tonight. All right, all right. So I'll just I'll just all right. This will be my last joke then. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they did a starving African child. You can feed a starving African child for a dollar a day. Ain't that some shit? Three meals. Ain't that some shit? I'm just kidding. It wasn't Africa. It was New Jersey. But you guys are all racist because you believe me. Said Africa, you guys, like, oh yeah, I have starving children in Africa. Yeah, naturally, you guys are all racist. It was New Jersey. You guys are racist. No, but uh, but that's that's some crazy shit, man. A dollar a day. Let me tell you something. I just paid seven dollars for some tots in the mission. That's too much money. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, let me tell you something. I'm looking for a job. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking maybe fuck the job. I'll move to Africa, become a starving child. <laughs> Seems like a good career move. You know what I'm saying? It's a dollar a day? Shit. <laughs> Eat for a dollar a day. And you know you got job security. You know it's, it's never, you know, there's always going to be starving children. That's job security. That's job, that's job security. What is that? Nine seconds left. I got. So what? Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Thank you guys very much.
moment. $7 tater tots. Ah. I know I work at a place in the mission where we actually have $7 tater tots. <laughs> That's exactly the price of them. I wonder if he was there. I would have given him a discount. <laughs> a counter offer in Bender's 806 South Come visit me. Yay. It's great. They're one of the actual, they're one of the sponsors for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Yay. Counter offer. Uh, no, really. It's great. So yay. They're helping us out for those. 25 shows in five days, 40 comedians coming from all over the United States. Still, you can turn your application in now through November 30th. I just did a, a commercial. That's, you're welcome. That's what happens when I, usually, you know, I have guest hosts. Well, and our guest host is supposed to show up. Mike Michael Bonds uh, is... He was scheduled to be our guest host tonight, but he works for UPS. And although he's supposed to be off at 5.30, this being their rush time of year, I guess everyone's sending turduckins to their friends and family all over San Francisco. He, I'm sure he's in a truck with, you know, they have no doors, so I hope he has a mask on uh, driving all around the city. Maybe he'll come in time to do something, and that'll be exciting. But your next comedian, what a lovely man he is. A cute hat and a great personality and just what a great listener he is. I didn't understand. I didn't know if he actually threw up on himself last night or if that was a joke. I couldn't tell it. I was like, are you, where's your, where's your plastic bottle vodka? Cause I'd take a sip of that. Put your hands together for your next comedian, Ernest Evangelista. Hey guys, how you guys doing? I'm pretty sweaty from a dab hit. I'm super sweaty. Um, also, um, the radio people can't hear, he, see, uh, hear this, but I'm wearing an alien doing a dab shirt. It's 